Hello, hello, friends. Today's episode, we're talking about, yes, macros do matter for fat loss. And here's why. If you've ever gone to the internet and searched, what macros do I need to focus on fat loss? Then this is the episode for you. No shade here, friends, because I've done these things before, gone to quote unquote Dr. Google. But quite frankly, they did not give me the answers that I wanted to hear. So today, if you're asking this question, this is the episode for you. Hello, Lose Weight with Macros, the basics podcast family. I'm your host, Verona. And if you're new here, welcome to the show. I'm a nutrition coach who believes in the power of real life tools to create healthy habits. I help busy women like you get rid of the stress and emotional eating that keeps you from creating resilient, lifelong habits that, quite frankly, you can trust. Instead of giving you another boring diet or workout plan or bland salad and tell you just to eat a whole heap of salad leaves while your family chow down on your favorite meals in the corner and you are regretfully eating that bowl of dry salad. I'ma help you learn how to use macros to lose fat, keep it off and rebuild that confidence that diets often strip us of. That insecurity, that fear, that no longer feeling confident in our bodies that we know we need to get rid of. Friends, if this sounds like your cup of tea, grab your tea, your coffee and your notepad and pen because today's episode, friends, is gonna be a juicy one. Now, my friends, if you are brand new to this episode or new to the podcast, I welcome you here. We are all family here. Think of it a little bit like having lunch with your favorite girlfriend or girlfriends, plural, depending on how many you have. And you are looking forward to this date because you know what it's like. You're busy, right? And you've just finally got a date in the dark between all of you. And you're so looking forward to this. And you've gone to your favorite spot that you guys go to think of this episode and this podcast like that. I keep it real, tell it as it is. We laugh, we cry, we get serious, we get deep, we tell stories and ultimately we learn to have fun because when it comes to weight loss, weight loss should not be boring, healthy eating should not be boring and I try to make it as fun as possible as I can because we're just going to be realistic around here. So does fat loss matter? Absolutely it does. Does fat matter? Carbohydrates, fats and proteins all form macros and if you don't know what I'm talking about then the free guide that I've created five minutes to macros is the guide for you because basically I've created this in a way to help you understand what macronutrients actually are. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of a synopsis here. Macros are just nutrients that we need in our body in large quantities. They include carbohydrates, fats and proteins. Yes all three of those. Now so many of us have often heard or believed that's actually reality what happens now there was this particular scene in another episode I talked about the whole plot of the thing and the table dinners etc where some of you can dread being at family meals because it was horrible it was nasty it wasn't nice it wasn't really nice way for your family to make you feel like that every single dinner time and always got something to say but this particular scene that I went back and watched I remember when they were in a comedy club place and you know if you are sitting at a certain space in a comedy club, then you tend to get put under the spotlight quite literally, and you're in the firing line of the comedian. Comedian's supposed to be funny. But what comedians tend to do, or people who are insecure about themselves, even though they make other people laugh, I guarantee you some of them have been laughed at or bullied in their own life, and now they do this for a living. I don't really want to get into the nitty and gritty, but some of them are funny. But actually, when it starts to talk about someone's hair, somebody, something on someone else, they're not funny jokes because they're trying to make you feel insecure about yourself while they're making everybody else laugh at you. It's not a nice feeling and I've been there. And this particular scene, so I'm talking about two stories where I've actually experienced that in my workplace. Now, this particular story or particular scene, the comedian actually picks out this particular main character, the night professor, 
And the night professor is overweight. He's extremely overweight and some might class him as morbidly obese. Now, morbidly obese doesn't mean just mean 600 pounds, my 600 pound life. You can be morbidly obese and it depends how your body is, how tall you are and all of that kind of stuff. And you can still be morbidly obese. Now, I remember this scene back then, 1996, I was a lot younger, I was not interested. I knew I was overweight. I was not interested in losing weight. I wanted to lose weight. I kept saying I need to lose weight, but I wasn't ready to lose the weight. Now, this particular scene, the comedian is going in, he's going on and on. Everybody around him is laughing. He literally started to make fat jokes. He started to make personal jokes. It was not nice. And I was listening to it and I was like, no, this is not nice. Anyway, so then what happens is when we get stressed, when we get lonely, when we feel sad, or somebody has taken the mickey out of us, we turn to the thing that brings us the comfort the most in that moment of time, which happens to be food. Now, going back to a personal story, the colleague actually took my phone and did the same thing as the comedian. Now, looking at the comedian in the film, if I was in that seat, I would cuss the comedian, whether they could hear me or not, but I would try to cuss the comedian because this is what happens with insecure people. They try to cuss you, but they don't look better than you themselves. And it's like back in the day, have you looked in the mirror? That's what we used to say. Have you looked in the mirror? And then they would insult you based on how you look because they don't really have anything or other generic material or better material to use. But my work colleague, I was asked to sing at an event and I hated it. I don't even know why I agreed. I kind of got forced into singing at an event. It was a 50s theme event. So I had my whole Billie Holiday thing going on. I had my hair up, pearls out, natural hair, all of that stuff. And because I was at my heaviest that I'd ever been, struggling to find clothes that fit me. Now, if you're overweight, you know how hard it is to find clothes that you can feel somewhat comfortable in so that somebody can't comment on what you look like or how much you weigh or your outfit. Now, even if they do say something about your outfit in your head, because you're insecure about the way you look about yourself, then you start to try to talk yourself out of it and say, oh, this thing, this old thing. Oh, I just got it from Target. Oh, I just got it from the charity shop. She didn't ask you where you got it from. She just complimented you and said, I like this. Or they said, why are you always wearing baggy clothes? Yeah, well, you know, I'm really fat. I'm trying to hide fat. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> we try to make these really ridiculous jokes and they're not really funny, are they? Because when we go home, we're not laughing. Well, when I was in this position, I'm not laughing. I was crying in a tub of ice cream, ironically. And so when this colleague actually learned that I was singing over the weekend, you know, Friday, they're like, oh, what are you doing over the weekend? They just kind of did a small talk. And I literally, at that time of my life, I thought everybody needed to have access to me and needed to know every single thing that I was doing in my life. This was a person that did not need to know what was going on in my life because that type of person will tend to use it against you. And they are either struggling with exactly the same thing that they are pointing out in you to make them feel better and to take the spotlight off of them and their insecurities. So I struggled that night to get something to wear. And in that time of my life, what would happen is if somebody told me I looked nice, anybody, what I'd end up doing was going to change my outfit until that person would agree with the way that I saw myself, fat and ugly. That is what I did. And the spirit of rejection can cause you to do so many crazy things, but that's what I did. And yet that looks nice. Yep, no, I'm going to change the outfit. That looks nice. I went to change the outfit. That looks nice. I went to change the outfit. And that particular night, I changed the outfit three times. If it wasn't for the fact that I had already agreed previously and it was a show, it was an event, I was an act. So it was part of the event that was happening. By the time I changed the third outfit, I would have talked myself out of that. And I got to a point in my life where I actually never looked in the mirror because every time I looked in it, I had a war in my mind. Look at you. You're so ugly. You're fat. I don't even want to talk about what I said. But the point is, it's not really important about what I said. It's 
how I was speaking to myself about myself. And that's one of my sayings on this podcast. I remember somebody reached out to work with me and they actually said, what struck me most is when you say how I speak to myself about myself. And if there's anything you can take from today's episode, take that because we need to get into a point where we are aware of what we're saying to ourselves about ourselves because we are listening. And so when it came to that colleague now, I came back to work over the weekend, done the event, got through it, all of that stuff. Um, I got asked, okay, how was it? How was the event with all enthusiasm? And then I said, yeah, it was okay. She goes, have you got any pictures? Um, I think somebody took a picture of me and sent it to me. And now I used to get to a point where I would only take headshots. I never took full length photos because I hated the way that I looked. But this person particularly did take a full length photo, much to my demise. And I happened to show it to this colleague. Now, remember, this colleague is not for me. At that time, I didn't really accept that. But now after this, I did. So she actually said to me, she looked at the photo and she cackled. When I say cackled, if you think of the most screeching sound of a witch, that's exactly what she sounded like. And her laugh was so evil and distinct, it caught the attention of other colleagues. And they were like, well, what's funny? She had a joke. What she then did is took my phone and actually passed it around to everybody. Much like the scene in The Nutty Professor where he's being ridiculed for the way that he looks. Bear in mind, the comedian could do with a few home truths about how the way he looks and the way he dressed himself. But nobody does that to the bully. Everybody kind of supports the bully. So when this happened to me, before she passed my phone around and started laughing, she actually said, ha 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 ha, you look like you've got on a fat suit. You look like that character. What's his name again? Out of that film, Big Mama's House. Big Mama's House is about a detective. And I can't remember the end of the film, but basically he ended up, his cover was dressing up as an older lady, an older grandma, black Afro-Caribbean grandma, and he put on a fat suit. So she said, that's what you look like. Bear in mind, when I got ready for this event, it took me three tries to get ready, but it was becoming more and more closer to the event that I had to leave, unfortunately, on the third event. And I will tell you, she was about the same weight or even heavier than I was. She was shorter and so she carried her weight wider. So she looked a little bit wider. I could have said to her, you look like an Oompa Loompa. But because I was insecure, I was never going to say that to her. And the reason why I wasn't in the position to say that to her is because now she's caught the attention of everybody else. So the fact that she's laughing, everybody else is wanting to see what's happening. Now she's created this scenario where I become the main focal point. Now, I had two emotions, cry or laugh. And so you do the latter, right? <laughs> it's not funny. Everybody saw the photo and colleagues who were closer to me, they actually said they didn't really find it funny. One other colleague came to me. It was a guy colleague. She said to me, I didn't find that funny. I don't know why she did that. I don't appreciate that. That's not very funny. Two guys. One guy said that's categorically to me. And I got upset because I was like, why did you not say anything? Someone else, I said that too. But he ended up being a personal trainer and that's where I meant to make a difference and to make a change in my nutrition. It was restrictive, but I still made a change. Unfortunately, I didn't sustain those because it was restrictive. Now, why do I bring all of those stories into what I'm talking about today? Because so many of us are overweight, but we think that we need to cut out certain things, certain foods or food groups in order for us to lose weight. And when we do things like this, when you're embarking on a journey of change, one of the biggest things that you need to do is take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And from that, you'd see number two, identify what's holding you back and why you're resisting change. 
Now, for me, I didn't feel worthy of change. In that particular moment, the colleague highlighted a very big insecurity of mine. And in the movie, The Comedian, that scene was literally like what happened to me in real life. They all were cracking up laughing. But remembering the colleague is overweight and she could take her own advice. But that's what bullies do. They put you on blast for something that they're struggling with just because it makes them feel powerful. And the thing is, when it comes to fat loss and when it comes to fat macros, you don't need to go low fat or low carb. Now, I've learned and discovered from blood test results recently, low carb is actually low, simple carbohydrates. But what we end up doing is cutting out all carbs altogether, thinking that those like complex carbs, quinoa, oats, all of those things, we think that they are bad. But actually it isn't. It's our relationship with food. It's our relationship with ourselves and how we use food on a day-to-day basis. Many of us don't use food in the way that it's intended to bring our bodies energy. Half of us don't use it for that. We tend to go to it when we're stressed, when we're angry, when we're sad, when we're lonely. You don't need to go low fat or low carb. If you're going to go low carb, bear in mind that what that actually means is you're lowering the amount of simple carbohydrates in your diet. That's a new way to look at it. And you can still eat some KFC or other food that you like, just doesn't need to be an all day, everyday thing. And sometimes it's all right to have those things. Science and research has shown, and I watched a very interesting documentary, even if you have it one time, it can still cause a reaction in your body. Now, they did this at a university and tested through the whole breathing cycles, and they've done other experiments in terms of what happens to your body after 30 days of just highly overprocessed fatty foods, what happens to your brain, what happens to your body, all of those things. I'll see if I can link it here in the show notes below. It's not mine, I don't have rights to it, but it is a show that was created. And it's so interesting to see that even though we can eat these things, sometimes they may not be as beneficial for our bodies as we need to. Personally, junk food is coming out of my life. By the end of the year, that's my prayer to actually get junk food out of my life. And the reason why is because it's taken so much of my life already. It's a little bit like people and friends, right? If somebody who has been in your life, all they do is come and they take and they never really give back to you, sooner or later, you're going to want that person out of your life. It's the same thing with junk food. For me, it's taken so much of my health physically. Why do I still want it in my life? As nice as it tastes, why do I want it in my life? But if you're somebody who is just starting, it's going to be a little bit unrealistic for you to be like, right, I'm actually going to cut out junk food from my life. Verona said, no, don't hear what I'm not saying here. I'm saying do what's realistic for you and do what's sustainable for you. Your body will tell you what it needs more of and your body will definitely respond and react to your body. And you will notice a change. One of the biggest changes that are so noticeable is when you started eating healthily after a few weeks, then you start eating something sweet. You can see the difference in taste. That you used to finish the box or used to finish the bag of sweets, but now you're like, I can't even finish one because it's so ridiculously sweet. That's a change where you don't have to restrict yourself. You don't have to binge. You don't have to do any of those things. But when it comes to practical things and practical steps, what can you do? Well, one of the things that you can do is to make sure that you're eating enough protein. Protein is the most satiating macronutrient out of all of them. Now, it doesn't mean that you need to cut back on carbs. You need to cut back on fats. Fats are okay for your macros. Healthy fats are needed in balance. Omega-3s, salmon, oily fish, think of those things. They are okay. Olive oil is okay. Yes, you can enjoy those things, but it's about the quantities and the qualities of the foods that you are eating. 
So when you're eating protein, it's about having sources of lean protein, turkey, bison, mince, lots of those things that you can have. And when you are having fats, it's about the quality of fats that you're choosing. Saturated, we're not going to go into the whole saturated, monosaturated, unsaturated, polyunsaturated, trans fats. We're not going to go into all the different types of fats. But we tend to know the fats that we should kind of reduce in our diet, not avoid, but we should reduce. Because if I say the word avoid, that kind of then puts it into a mindset like, oh, I can't have this. And then you're going to want to crave it more. So instead of avoiding it, then you are focusing on having more whole foods in your diet then your body actually gets accustomed to that. And so your body naturally does the process for you. Don't forget about fiber. I have fresh pressed juice every single morning. It is a game changer. And in the last couple of things, eat more veggies, reduce the amount of simple carbs that you have in your diet. Yes, they taste great. Yes, they are fantastic. You're not cutting out carbs. You are just reducing that. Drink more water. Number five, get enough sleep. Number six, number seven, plan ahead and always have a handful of healthy snacks on hand. Number eight, you're setting realistic goals. And number nine, you're focusing on the long term. Your weight loss is definitely not an overnight success story. It's a process that will take time, but it is worth it. And number 10, be patient with yourself. Weight loss does not happen yesterday. And if you find yourself struggling to stick to a plan or you're frustrated with the slow progress, be kind, be loving to yourself, be supportive or get around supportive people that will help you do that. Sometimes we're not good at doing it by ourselves. And that's why we need help. And as your coach, I'm here to help you do that. But the most important thing that you can do when you want to start losing fat is to find somebody who knows what they're doing, i.e. myself or someone else. You don't have to coach with me. You can listen to this, put it into action. You could be your own coach. But whoever it is that you get, make sure they know what you're doing. They're not telling you to do restrictive methods that are outdated and all of those things. It's not all about science, but make sure that they're teaching you to do stuff in a way that you can sustain it and you're changing your mindset along the way. Those are the three biggest keys that I've learned over the last five years when I actually took time to really focus on my nutrition. And so my friends, after struggling for 20 years of weight loss, and then I'm doing some years of fad diets, restrictive diets, the latter part of my 30s has been the most amazing part of my 30s ever, being set free from rejection, being able to find the root cause of my insecurities and my weight gain, which was tied to food and rejection. Once that was identified, I was able to make a difference and change in my life. And that is why I'm your coach here, helping women like you who are stuck in that cycle of yo-yo dieting and then you end up stress eating and emotional eating and guilt eating and I shouldn't have done this eating. You've done it. I've done the same thing, but I'm not there. My clients have done the same thing. They're no longer there. And once we together uncover the root cause of it, then we build a sustainable meal plan that helps you. I don't dictate to you what you should and shouldn't eat. We work together and you tell me the foods that you eat and then we help you plan that. And so it fits in your lifestyle. So your family are not eating your favorite food and you feel like you have to eat salad. We don't do boring plans over here. We help you be the driver's seat of your nutrition and help you be the coach in your whole life. And that, my friends, is all we've got time for in today's episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yes, my friends, macros do matter for fat loss. Here's why. And don't forget to share it with a friend who is contemplating this question. Is fat going to make me fat if I'm tracking my macros? No, they are not. We've discovered how important fat is to the body. And now we've just discovered how important they are. And I cannot wait to catch you in the next one. Take care, friends. Friends, we've come through to the end of today's episode. I hope you learned something valuable from today's episode and can put it right into practice now that the episode has ended. If you found value in this episode, do share it with somebody else who can also benefit from today's episode. My friends, don't forget to download your freebies over on the website via nutritioncoaching.co.uk and also be in with a chance of coming live on air with me to get 
get yourself some free coach fridays by leaving your question over on the brand new podcast page vanutritioncoaching.co.uk forward slash podcast is where you can leave me a question and i'll answer it over here on one of the episodes and that's all we got time for friends i can't wait to catch you in the next episode Oh,